Today on the podcast, we are talking about current eligibility issues and then some of my least favorite recruiting questions. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me again on PRI Talk. I'm your host, as always, Jason Bibbler, and uh, appreciate you guys tuning in to listen to the podcast. Um, just want to say, if you are not following the podcast on Instagram, um, please go ahead and do that. PRI underscore talk um, or PRI talk. You should be able to find it on Instagram. Follow me there for updates and things like that. Uh, please subscribe to wherever you are listening to the podcast on Apple, on Spotify, or here on Anchor. Um, and then if you have any questions of anything that I'm talking about on the podcast, please feel free um, to reach out to me so that I can uh, make sure I'm getting you guys the best information and just being clear about everything. But uh, but uh, thank you guys for listening and, su- and supporting me in that way. So today, um, kind of wanted to talk about a couple things um, that at least should be on um, everyone's radar moving forward, um, recruiting wise. <clears throat> and, and, and we're still kind of talking about this eligibility stuff. Um, and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, um, but I'll, I'll try to try to uh, summarize here real quick. Basically, this um, year for for everyone um, is a wash. Okay, so this year doesn't really count eligibility wise, season of competition wise. So the the from the freshmen and seniors right now at the college level, they all get an extra year. Okay, so um, where it gets a little bit. Uh, interesting is next year in the fall of 2021. Okay. Um, they have allowed for, um, uh, those super seniors, if we want to call them that to have an extra year of eligibility. Um, and the NCAA has allowed for that. And they've also allowed for, um, those schools to go over their limit in scholarships. Okay. So division one volleyball is a head counter sport. Um, so whether or not an athlete is getting $100 or $100,000 from the school um, for athletics aid, they count as one and you can only have 12. Okay. Um, and I could go into a whole discussion about, um, you know, programs fully funded and, and how, um, you know, I try to get people not to say uh, division one is all or nothing because it isn't, but that's a whole nother um, sidetrack that I won't get into. So Next year, the NCAA has allowed four schools to go over. Um, and obviously, they have, you know, kids committed in the 21 class and, and all that kind of stuff. And then seniors will want to play a full season. And so that um, that's the reason for that. Um, and, and we'll get into to a little bit more about that here in a second. But what, what changes things and what's having a huge impact, not that this isn't having a huge impact on the 21 class because it is. Um, but what's having maybe a little bit bigger impact is the next year in the fall of 2022, they are not allowing those schools to go over those 12 um, scholarships. And so that is um, creating a lot of issues and, and um, some, uh, some filtering of, of athletes into some certain directions and away from, from other places. Um, maybe some bottlenecking might be a good word for it. Uh, traffic jam. It's, it's definitely, definitely doing some, some things in the 2022 class. Okay. So, and, and we've talked about that uh, a little bit here. Um, but, but what I wanted to, to talk about, um, mostly today was just a couple quick things, giving you guys that background. Um, but 
from some of the coaches I've talked to um, that sit on these, you know, various committees, um, coaching committees and things like that, um, the numbers that they're giving me are 70% of the Division I schools are not going to go over their 12 allotted scholarships um, next year for the for the fall of 21, for the 21 volleyball season. Okay, so 70% are not planning on doing that. Um, now, now there's a bunch of different um, variables here. Uh, one thing that I will point out is probably um, some of these schools in this 70% range were never fully funded anyway. Um, and so their scholarships could be as low as eight or nine. Um, you know, like I've talked about before, some scholarships, some, some schools only have two and a half um, athletic scholarships for volleyball. So um, a, a lot of these schools were not fully funded to begin with. And so that's kind of the starting point. So it is entirely possible that some of these schools in this 70% are going to allow um, for, for seniors to be on scholarship and for the incoming freshmen to be on scholarship. And in doing that, they're still not going over 12. Okay. So that's, that, that's a part of it. This other 30%, um, chances are that, that a lot of those schools are within the power five, right? So the, the rich get richer and the haves and the have nots get further away, further apart, right? Um, for the, for the potentially, again, I don't know this for sure. I didn't ask every single school, but if you're looking at the numbers, the the power five schools make up um, a little bit more than 20 percent, um, somewhere in between 20 and 25 percent of the division one volleyball grouping. Um, and so you're looking at maybe five percent, five to 10 percent outside of the power five, um, which is anywhere between 50 or sorry, 15 and 30 schools, maybe. Um, is what you're looking at outside of the Power Five that are planning on going over um, that those allotted 12 scholarships. So that is a huge deal um, for a couple of different reasons. Um, if 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 you are a 2021 athlete and you haven't had this conversation with your coaching staff yet, um, it's definitely a conversation that you need to be having. Um, to, to figure out what this is going to look like and, and how it's going to work and how it's going to fit. Um, and, and so if you haven't had that conversation about your NLI and what that's going to look like moving forward and you're a 2021 athlete, then you 100% need to have that conversation. Um, the, the other piece that, that I found really interesting, and, and um, I have been uh, anti-doing this, um, for, for various reasons, but, um, I have heard a little bit about, um, some schools pushing for, and it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Um, but there is talk and there are some schools pushing for moving the signing day, um, until, uh, after the dead period is over. Okay. Which, which creates some problems because we don't know when the dead period is going to be over. We know it's going through the end of the year, but uh, we can always have a longer dead period when we uh, flip the calendar to 2021. So um, I, I don't see a reason to change the signing period personally. I think, uh, I mean, the, de the dead period isn't affecting the signing period. Signing period is always during a dead period anyway, or there's always a dead period during the signing, or however you want to say it. Um, so I don't think that has uh, a lot to do with it. Um, 
but giving maybe some of the other sports or maybe even some of the current sport uh, volleyball, but I'm thinking some of the other sports, maybe give those athletes a chance to visit. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, sports out there besides volleyball that, that uh, commit kids later on. And those kids haven't done uh, official visits. And so giving them the opportunity to do that, I think that makes sense. Um, is it going to impact volleyball a ton? Um, I don't think so. Um, with, with the schools that are looking for 21, uh, 2021 athletes, you know, dwindling every day. Um, it, it's, I, I don't think that we're going to necessarily need to move the signing day. Now that doesn't mean that they won't, they definitely still could move the signing day. Um, what, what, if something like that happens, it would make me very, very nervous. Um, and, and not that I don't trust, um, uh, you know, a, a good portion of the, the coaches at the college level out there um, with with this type of situation. But um, if we move the signing day now, as a 2021 athlete, been committed to a school potentially for several years, now we flip the calendar and all of a sudden um, we, we go to Triple Crown and it is the largest uh, unsigned senior showcase in the country. Um, cause you've got a whole lot of athletes that maybe that haven't signed yet because we, we don't have a date for the, the NLI signing period. You know, it gets pushed to the end of February or something. I don't know. A lot of situations, uh, a lot of variables. And still, until I hear that the signing day isn't going to be moved, um, you know, this is a, a again, potential situation, but I definitely don't think we want to be there. Um, cause we definitely don't want, coaches going, well, I didn't need an outside hitter in 21. And now I do. And that kid, she hasn't signed her NLI yet. So I can go after that athlete. You know, that's, that's definitely not a good situation. And there's, I mean, hundreds of coaches that don't want to be in that situation. So I'm, I'm extremely hopeful that the signing period stays the same and we get to sign in November. Um, that will be something that, um, coaches will start figuring out here this next month in October, um, as they start sending off those letters, um, towards the end of the month, but there's, you know, paperwork and stuff that you have to go through and compliance and make sure all that stuff's figured out before you get your NLI. So that'll hopefully be happening at the end of the month. Um, but when I was talking to a couple coaches and they said, yeah, they're seriously thinking about moving the signing day that, I mean, it, it made me definitely a little bit nervous. Um, cause now you've got another three months to sit and wait before you sign that, that NLI. So, um, the other thing with the 2022 class that is happening um, is as coaches are beginning to figure out whether or not athletes are staying, um, their, their current athletes are going to stay an extra year. Um, it is closing a lot of doors for the 2022 class. Okay? And, and we talked a few weeks ago about all of these athletes that were committing. Um, and I don't know whether on two years of scholarship, three years of scholarship, four years of scholarship, I don't know. Um, but that definitely could have some impact there as well to, you know, how many years some of these athletes um, are getting. And so, so those two things, you know, that looking at the, the 70% of division one schools are not going to go over their 12 allotted scholarships and the potential of moving um, the signing day back, you know, just adds a whole nother um, layer to all of this craziness that is, that's going on with recruiting right now. Um,
Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you have found this podcast interesting, helpful, or beneficial, or you're just a huge fan of myself, then please think about donating to the PRI Talk podcast. I would love to continue bringing you recruiting advice as well as information on current volleyball events, and your support can definitely help make that happen. Okay, so let's dive into a little bit of, of recruiting stuff here. Uh, we talk, kind of talked about some of the current events and some of those impacts, but I uh, want to talk about some recruiting stuff. Um, and, and I, and I want to talk about uh, two questions um, that, that recruits are asked all the time that are, that are personal pet peeves. I think, A, college coaches should stop asking them. Um, and I also think that athletes should stop answering them. Okay, so... Um, the first question is that, that college coaches ask, um, is where else are you looking? Okay. That, that's a, that's a, it's a very general question. It's, it's very non-specific as far as it being necessarily helpful in the recruiting process or your recruiting process. Um, the other, the other way that this question is asked is on a questionnaire. Uh, And again, I tell all my athletes don't fill out this part of the questionnaire. Just don't do it. It's, it's a trap right? Adam Bar from Star Wars. It's a drop. Don't do it. Um, but when they ask you to put your top five list on the questionnaire, it is a, it's a, it's a trap question at best. Um, and, and, and really, um, what a lot of the time, what I feel like college coaches are, are trying to do is they're trying to get an idea of whether or not they're right. Um, whether or not they're right about you as an athlete and whether or not they think that their eye, what they're seeing is correct. So, so if I, if I ask you, Hey, you know, well, where else are you looking? Who else is recruiting you? Who's in your top five? Um, and, and the list that you kind of throw back to me, um, it's not schools in my conference. It's not schools at my level. It's maybe not schools where I want to be at that level. It's going to give me some pause as far as whether or not I really want to continue to recruit you. Right. Even if I really like you and I think you'd fit my program, if you throw back your list of schools that that doesn't meet kind of my criteria as a college coach, it's going to give me pause. And, and so I, I, I hate the question. Um, like I said, I tell all of my clients to, to not answer it um, because because, like I said, it's, it's a trap question. Um, and, and I think if if we're being 100 percent honest, um, if, if you as an athlete were to ask the coach, um, who are your top five in my position right now? And to have those coaches give you the names of those athletes in their top five, it wouldn't happen. Okay. So, um, so I don't like the question. Um, I would love to have an athlete throw that back at the coach. Uh, maybe it wouldn't turn out well, but as a coach, I would be like, wow, you know what? That's, that's fair. Um, I'm probably not going to tell you that. So no, you were not going to tell me who your top five are. Obviously you can, you can let a coach know, um, who else you're being recruited by. Um, I I don't want to say that you never should, should tell a coach, um, you know, Hey, where else are you going on visits? Uh, who else are you talking to? Um, part of what that, what that does to get on the side of a college coach a little bit, it helps me know that you're, you're taking a realistic approach to what you're what you're trying to do in your recruiting process. Okay. So, um, I know like if you're not planning on any other visits, 
if you're not talking about going on some other visits to some other schools, um, you know, that, that makes me go, okay, like she said, she wants to make a decision, but she's not going any other visits, you know, our timeline versus her timeline. Um, and so that's one of the things that, um, uh, I think that you should be talking about your timeline and what you, what your expectations are. Okay. From the athlete's perspective. Um, and the the second question, because that's really the first first question. The second question goes right along with this one, uh, or where we're going with it. But um, you know, when a coach says, you know, let us know uh, if anyone puts you in any pressure to make a decision, um, it, I, I I don't like that statement. It's sort of not really a question, I guess. Um, but I don't like that uh, question from college coaches either, because um, it's 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 telling the athlete, you know. I'm good where I'm at right now. I don't need to rush. Um, you know, I think from, from the athlete's perspective, it tells me, um, you're not in a hurry to get me, which, which maybe points to how badly you want me. Right. Um, and, and so I know it's, I know those things like, you know, who else are you looking at and what's in your top five? Um, and let us know if anyone puts you under pressure. Like I definitely had said that before. Um, so I can, I can understand why other coaches would. But but I don't think it really helps us get to where we want to be in the recruiting process. Um, and it's not necessarily um, a, a disingenuous thing. Um, but but I think it's more important that you talk about your timeline. I'm ready to I'm going to be ready to make a decision after A, B and C. After I go on a visit here, after I go on a visit here, after I do this visit. I loved this campus. You know, tell the coach I loved campus. I honestly think. Uh, I mean, you guys maybe are, you guys, I think you're going to be number one right now. I'm going to talk to my parents and we'll be ready to make a decision, right? Like well, when, when you start going about, well, let us know when other schools put you under pressure and then we'll figure out if we really want to throw our name in the hat, right? It's, it's a very passive approach, um, in my opinion. And so, and, and flip it again, right? Um, not every coach in the country is going to call their, their, other top five to say, Hey, this kid put us under some pressure and now we're moving forward. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's not how it, how it's going to happen and how it's going to work realistically. Um, and there's so much, so many things that have to happen on both sides and have to happen mutually, um, for, for, you know, recruiting to happen and for commitments to happen. Um, but, but, uh, you know, this is the age of technology and communication. And so when we tell one athlete that you're not in a rush and then you offer the other kid that comes the next weekend for, for a visit, it, it makes the coaches not look great. Okay. So, um, and, 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 you know, I plead with my college coaching friends, please be honest about the process. Like, just tell me you don't like her and then everybody can move on or tell me you really like her. And then we can go with what we need to do there. Same thing with athletes, right? When athletes and parents, um, are, are, are passive or, um, not really telling whole truths to college coaches. Um, I usually hear about it. Okay. So if you're telling college, one college coach, one thing and telling another college coach, another thing that's completely different, chances are, I'm going to hear back from both of them and I'm going to be telling both of them that that's not what I'm hearing. Or that's funny. I heard this from this coach and this from this other coach. Um, and, and it, it sends wrong, it sends the wrong signals, it sends wrong messages. And it, and it, I think it hurts the athletes in the recruiting process when, 
um, when, when really either side isn't isn't honest and genuine about the process and what's going on. Um, so the other thing about the the uh, going back to this, uh, you know, tell me your top five schools that you're interested in. Um, <laughs> I heard this so many times from college coaches this last fall. Hey, uh, so and so put us on our number as as the number one on her, her list of top five that she's looking at. I'm like, well, what did you expect her to put? Like put you guys on number five or not put you on there at all? Like if you would have done that, you would be kind of going the other direction, right? You'd be like, oh, she's not really that interested in us. Although she filled out a questionnaire. Um, you know what I mean? So it's it's that that question and that uh, just the, the way it's phrased and the way it works on the questionnaire. Um, you know, if you really want to put that answer on a questionnaire, then I would put the school that you're filling out the questionnaire four or five times. That, I mean, that's what I would put. I just, I, I don't think it's a good question. I don't like the question. Um, you can get absolutely hosed as an athlete if, um, if the coach doesn't see the right grouping in, in that question. Okay. Um, and, and so that is, that is my, uh, recruiting tip, uh, recruiting pet peeve, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, uh, hopefully that helps you out a little bit. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening. If you would like more tips, updates, or recruiting assistance, go to my website, privolleyball.com. Check out my blog or reach out to me directly if you have any other questions. You can also find me on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Parallel Recruiting Initiative. If you need specific recruiting help, I have a couple different ways I can help you. Please reach out to me on my website or social media. Thanks for listening.